Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? on for our souls indeed lord god we thank you that you are the lord god the victorious one that you sit in the heavens lord god that you see you know and you are in control i pray today that for each listener you draw them in cause them to hear give them eyes to see give us a heart to understand and help us to be encouraged to be brave not to be afraid in these very last days Lord God, to stand and having done all to stand, Lord, against the enemy, to understand our adversary, Lord God, and that you have also promised us through your divine protection that no weapon formed against us will prosper. So we need that divine protection for us, for our families, for those who work for us and pray for us and love us. Father, this day, cover us in our health and safety and our traveling, our vehicles, our finances, our property, everything that pertains to us, that you cause us to walk in the fullness of the call that you have upon our lives. And we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey. Amen. That's first of all, before we start today, we want to get right into it, but we are Life Recovery and True Light, Light Church. Church. <laughs> okay. And we are coming to present to you some of the, the deeper teachings uh, that are so relevant and pertinent in these days of understanding the Word of God, the warfare, and what's going on. So today we're going to be talking about how do we get so messed up? I know we've talked about this a lot before. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about Satan, who he is, and how he works, because this seems to be his, you know, uh, the rehearsal for his great, you know, feast holiday coming up. And we want people to understand who the devil is, that he is real. We've talked about that in the last couple of shows, that he is real. So how do we get so messed up and looking at the counterfeits and the lawless activity that brings bondages and devastations in our lives? Um, what is hell's agenda for the destruction of the lives? of mankind. That's kind of what we're going to be looking at. So what is a counterfeit? Well, a counterfeit is an imitation to deceive. In other words, it's a, it's a, it's a imitation of uh, something that is real, mm-hmm. that it looks like it's, it's the real thing, but it's not the real thing. Okay. Lies, you counterfeits, counterfeit, lookalikes, counterfeit, yeah. money, imitation. So yeah. forth. You could go to, you can go to New York city on the street and get an imitation Rolex watch. Sure. You it can it looks on the outside, like a Rolex watch. It might even say Rolex, but it's just a cheap. Invitation. Oh, and you can, Oh, you can eat cereal with fake uh, strawberries in it and fake blueberries and raspberries and all kinds of things. So we've got imitation lookalikes. And I think people get kind of used to that. They kind of accept that as a new sense of reality, a new base for reality when in fact the word of god says that there is a diabolical being that rules in the realms of darkness it's called god calls it the mystery of iniquity who is hideous and who who works to control destroy deceive um and fascinates the people who live on the earth he fascinates us with stories fables uh fantasies uh fake fake reality uh escapes that sort of thing um so there are spiritual forces that are influencing us, and you know, we're not just on the planet alone. And how, yeah. how you know, how do these spiritual forces work? You know, let's talk about these well, malign, these yeah. malignant spiritual forces. How do they work? How, how do they work? And by how, getting us to believe a lie or buying into a lie. That's exactly. Remember what Jesus said: "You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free." In John eight thirty one and thirty two, he says, "If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know." the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you do the math, truth equals freedom, lies equal bondage. Correct. Okay. And so, so reading the equation equals sign backwards because you can read it both ways because both sides equal the same thing. Bondage equals lies. And that means that for every time you see yourself in a bondage, this is not difficult math. This is not, you know, cosines and tangents. This is simple plus a plus B or one plus two. This is understanding that if you are in a bondage, if you're freaking out, being anxious, can't sleep at night, can't breathe, can't eat certain foods, you know, getting crushed, uh, allergic to various things, that you are in a bondage. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, it's just a medical condition. You, that's part of the counterfeit. 
that's part of the counterfeit explanations that Satan gives us for what's really going on. And if you're using a counterfeit explanation for something like, oh, it's just a medical, it's just a health issue, it's just a, it's just a, you know, I'm, I'm human, it's, everybody's got pain, whatever, you're using a counterfeit explanation, then you are going to have no solutions that are lasting or that are real. So honesty, I guess, believing God and understanding that the devil lies and his lies look really good is the first step to freedom. Well, the lies are, we could say they're the devil's ropes that he uses to tie us up. But see, there's, there's an influence that all of us have experiences, okay? We have experiences from in the womb. We yes. have experiences in very, you know, as, as young babies, as children mm-hmm. and so forth. And the, the, the issue is we have some people have really good experiences. Mm-hmm. Some people have really horrible experiences. But then what happens, there is an interpreter that comes and influences us. Right. That gives us we, how, how we interpret those experiences. Right determines a whole lot. Yes, exactly. And that's where the counterfeits begin. That's where the lies begin is in those interpretations, in those, uh, the, uh, the enemy kind of monitors those experiences. I believe he actually sets up a lot of those to condition us to psychologically recondition us to believe the lie that we're bad and no good and that God is mad at us. And so we, you know, as we are listening to the liar who interprets, reinterprets those experiences, because here's the deal. The experiences and the feelings that we're having in those experiences are pretty real. And so we consider that is truth because there are feelings and they're real. However, God doesn't say ultimately base your life on your feelings. He says, base it on my word. And so when Satan gets, gets us to counterfeit, build a counterfeit foundation on our feelings, experiences, our opinions, our perceptions, then we begin to build a our life becomes a lie and full of bondage. Right. It begins a mindset. So we have our experiences and how we interpret those experiences determines how we think about ourselves, about ourselves and how, if we think that, you know, we think that's the truth because we, the way we interpret the experience is this is the way things are. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. forms our thinking, opinions, mm-hmm. our operating principles, our actions. and then, and then yep. our actions, yep. Our behaviors, our habits, all these things, and the results of those actions, behaviors, and habits. Right, with the which, fruit of that, yeah. The fruit, the fruit of that, which mm-hmm. can be blessings uh, or curses, or it can be a combination of blessings and curses. So technically, this is how we get so messed up. We get messed up not because we did something bad, but just simply because we came into the, we were born into this world, and this is the enemy's territory, and he rules and controls the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air who works to influence us. And he begins in the womb. He begins at the moment of conception. He actually begins before that in our generational bloodlines to, uh, you know, he highlights our DNA to see where we've been broken before, where our people have come into an agreement with lies before. So he has an ongoing claim to our lives. So we get messed up just simply by being here. We're born into a mud puddle. So we've already got a problem going on. So we have a, a genetic uh, vulnerability well, because of the, yeah. the sins of the fathers, of the, of the yeah. fathers mm-hmm. that are visited, the Bible says, brought down to the children of the third and fourth generation. Yeah. So, so we're, there's already kind of a pre-programming, mm-hmm. even on our DNA, from the the thinking and the behaviors, the agreements, and the results, and the, the agreements, yep. the actions of those that uh, are our predecessors. Right, and so it's it's nurture and nature. It's we get a, a, a selected inheritance, genetic inheritance. But then we're also born into a learning environment where the people who have already believed those lies raise us. And so they begin to train us, teach us, reject us, withdraw from us, abandon us, or whatever they're doing, or whatever they're, maybe they're not. Maybe they're actually try, trying, and I'm thinking they are to do the very best they can to raise us, but it's all misperceived in our little minds. And right. Hearts. Well, for example, a child could just say, you know, they're, they're in a, a very loving home. Say a, a, a mom and dad that really yeah. love God, mm-hmm. and they're teaching and they're training that child in the ways of God. They're loving, supporting that child in every way possible. They're not doing a perfect job because no human yeah, okay. parent is are perfect. But the child can come up with some interpretations that my mom and dad really don't care about me. Well, if you even actually look at the bigger picture of God raising us, we're his children, God's the father. And you know how parents have to set up these parameters of, you know, don't touch, do this, do that. Don't stick your finger in the light socket. Don't run out into the street. Um, 
brush your teeth, clean your room, blah, blah, blah. And the child can interpret that as they're so controlling. They're such a killjoy. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have me have any fun. Uh, I can't do anything right. It's never good enough. I've always got to do more. Um, all they want me to do is work. I mean, and, and so the same problem happened with God when he had to set up the, the parameters to keep us safe, just like you raise your children. There's certain rules in the house, certain laws. God set up the laws. Uh, first of all, he gave them the Ten Commandments, and he gave them the uh, admonition, keep these or else. And he was saying, or else the devil's going to have at you, and he's going to come up to me. He's going to lay his claim, press his charges against you for disobeying, and he will claim you as his, and he'll get, you know, get to beat you up. So to stay safe, God is saying, obey me. But many people have misunderstood this to mean that God is uh, he's in control. He's a killjoy. He's a, he's a control freak. Um, you know, he's, he's hard to please and he's just waiting to have you mess up so he can beat you up. And this is the same kind of opinion we form of many of our parents. And so we get that idea from birth on and even in our spiritual life that God is mean. Our parents are mean. They don't care about us. They don't love us. Now I'm not saying there aren't a lot of really bad parents out there. No, I'm not taking away the fact that many people have truly been hurt in their childhood, absolutely wounded, devastated. There's no doubt about that. But we are comparing then an, a very ungodly circumstance or father parenting to a very holy God. So when you go back to the devil, the devil uses this to mess us up. He uses this to separate us in our relationship with God, causing, like he did Eve, he, he brings something to Eve's mind, you know, that God is keeping something from you. Um, that he's not letting you, uh, you know, have fun. He's keeping what's on that tree from you. So, so sin actually is. How do you define sin, honey? What, what, how would you define sin? Well, all all unrighteousness is sin. The mm-hmm. Bible says sin is transgression of the law. Right. But it's the the sin is any behavior and any thinking we could say yeah. or attitude or behavior yeah. that separates us. From God, it, mm-hmm. it has that. Uh, there's that puts a gap. There's a break. It breaks disconnect, a relationship. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a disconnect. Yeah. Uh, it's a good disconnecting factor. It's interesting uh, between us and God. It's an interesting thing if you break or separate like a branch from the tree or a hand from the arm. That little piece that's been separated off will die. And it's like when Satan tries to separate us from God, he wants us to die. He wants because we're connected to the lifeblood and the love of God, and so sin. Uh, is the way Satan gets, he uses our actions, behaviors, choices, if you will, to create, uses it as evidence to come against us before God to say, um, the soul that sin shall die. God, I have a right to test them, punish them because they've chosen to believe me. And so um, sin becomes a real problem in our life. But ultimately, sin is not the problem. Sin is like the fruit on on a tree and the lie is like the root of the tree. And the tree is evil and it grows up. And to get rid of an evil tree, you don't just clip off the fruit or snip off the leaves. You have to pluck out the root. And the root is the lie. Right. And, and you have to look at, you know, Genesis chapter 3. We referred briefly to that with Adam and Eve and the serpent, Satan, who was transformed, uh, came as a serpent, came saying, hey, you, you can be, here's, here's what you do. You disobey God. You can be like God. God is withholding good things from you, but here, here's something better. Yeah, uh, that, exactly. Then here's something, well, you, here's what you really want. And uh, I saw a, uh, a t-shirt several years ago with the face of Satan mm-hmm. <laughs> on the, on the t-shirt. And it said, uh, God is busy. What do you want? What do you want? I'll give you what you want. That's yeah. exactly how he feeds, he sets up a lot of times in our life, and this is how we get so messed up. He sets up a, a, a need or a vacuum in our life created by God to need, desperately need for the sake of our life and safety, various certain things like food and water and bright air pressures and temperatures and, and love and meaning and purpose. And whenever there's a void or a vacuum in our lives in these areas, then Satan comes to answer the problem or, or supply it. Like with Eve, it was well, I don't know what's on that tree. Well, you should know. If you knew what's on that tree, you'd be more like God. And so Satan was basically baiting her, setting the hook, just like, you know, making a deal with her. Just like, uh, you know, how many of us have, ta- have been, com- we were suckers. We've been taken advantage of, somebody's come to sell us a bill of goods. You know, somebody stopped at the door. These In the old days, was the traveling salesman, but now we kind of fall for it online or eBay right. or whatever. You get hooked into something you want. 
you wanted it. It'll really, it, so your desire for that very thing drew you into an agreement, drew you into purchasing, drew you into an enticement, and then found out later it was just, it was just a counterfeit. It was a lie. It was a fake. It was a, it was a ripoff. And so the same with Eve. Satan knew she wanted to be like God, know more about God, be like God. And so he started kind of chiding her or seducing her with, well, what's on this tree? It's, 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 this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the only one you don't get to eat from. And so, of course, she was very enticed and baited with that idea of knowing more. But going back to the idea of how do we get so messed up, after we get messed up, you know, we've bought into the life, but bit the hook, so forth. Um, we sin. Okay, so no, we, we don't, we're not built by God to sin because if we were built by God to sin, we would never feel bad or guilty for our sin and we never try to make it right or, you know, do penance. But you know what? Getting rid of sin and getting right with God by doing penance and feeling bad about sinning is not the way to get rid of it. How do we get rid of sin? Well, one of the things that we, uh, the, the way we interpret the way we get rid of sin is we feel bad. Like you say, we do penance, right. we cry and bawl and say, oh, I'm wrong. And, and, Feel guilty. and one, of the, one of the errors that we that we have in our thinking is that uh, that confession of sin is the same as, as repentance. And it's not. It may be part of it. it you is. know, we say, well, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. However, just confessing, oh, I did this, I did that. Just confessing it right. doesn't mean that you have repented. Right. Now, yeah. the read, the, yeah, there's the, a counterfeit the, for the, you. The break, there, so confession okay. equal, equals repentance in a lot of people's yeah. minds. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Now, you can confess, confess, confess Sunday after Sunday after Sunday at the altar mm-hmm. and then go out and do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, again and, and, again. and wonder why it doesn't work. Yeah, and say, oh, forget it. I tried. I tried serving God, and this doesn't work. And I, I and, and I've yeah. been to the altar. I've cried, and I'm still. I'm still doing the same thing. Well, what happens? Repentance means to change your mind, mm-hmm. change your thinking, change your way. And repentance is really simply uh, disavowing your agreement with the lie and coming into agreement yeah. mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. I, yep. So this this is how it knocks out. The lies. This is the beginning of the knockout yep, punch, exactly. you could say, uh, against the lies and the bodies that we're in, is to recognize that um, that we, we we change our minds. Mm-hmm. We come into agreement with God, mm-hmm. and, and so we re- we realize we hey we believe the lie here, Lord. You need to change our minds, and it comes through. It comes through revelation. It comes through yes, the truth. Yeah. That brings us into the freedom. Well, then we go back to that equation. So now we can see how we've come into an agreement with a lie and it's created that bondage in our life. So the lie might be, um, I'm bad. I've got to do something to be good. I've got to try harder. I've got to do penance. I've got to perform. So, and, and then you go, you come into an agreement with the spirit. We'll call perfection, performance, never good enough. And who's, who's beating you up. So you're now in deeper in bondage because you have not yet realized that the lie was that you believed that, you know, that you, uh, that was how you were going to be set right, made right with God is through. The, but, but notice how Satan uses God's words, confession and repentance. Um, I don't think Satan uh, highlights repentance much anymore. I mean, I think it's, it's the church uses that, but they have, they, but we have to understand To repent is exactly what you said, to change our mind, to turn around, stop believing the lie. And the word confession, you know, like you said, we can confess it all day long, but we have to confess it to the Lord God and we have to confess it in the manner of coming into an agreement with him saying, you know, God, I sinned. You are right. This was wrong. I was tricked. I believed a lie. And so I, in, in that confession, then you're actually canceling out your agreement with the lie. Right. Confession is important. Uh, yeah, it's important, but it's not the whole picture. That's an important part of it uh, to admit before yeah, God. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting that every every sin, every sin comes out of the same thing. I don't care what the particular sin is on that other end, the behavior, or the action, or the agreement, or the attitude. But what what it all starts with is believing a lie, and and so believing the lies is what Satan uses to bait the hook gets us to believe and he based it with what we want 
Um, you know, Eve wanted to know more. She wanted wisdom. Um, she wanted to be like God. Some of us are baited with the hook of uh, we want justice. And so we're baited with that hook and we become angry and revengeful and, and hold vendettas and get bitter and stay mad uh, just because we want justice. So he, maybe we want righteousness and we feel unrighteous. So Satan baits the hook with religion. <clears throat> and with that, he can throw in all kinds of rituals and performances and laws. And then when you break a law that you think is something God gave you to keep to be holy, and he didn't, but you think he did, and you break that law, now you're, you're feeling doubly condemned for something that you did wrong that God doesn't even see as a sin. For example, like, like back in the day, and, and this is my personal example, back in the day, you know, when I was raised as a Catholic, um, there was a rule, a law, mortal sin was committed if you ate meat on Friday. That was the Catholic Church rule. That wasn't God's commandment, but it was the rule. And we were in, under the, the, um, the uh, I don't know, the joint uh, bondage or whatever of believing, mixing the laws of God with the laws of man. And so we were really seriously thought that if we ate meat on Friday, we would commit a mortal sin. God would have to throw us in hell, which obviously we know is not true. But at the time growing up as a child, I didn't know that. And so when you see that now, if I would have done that, I would have been super guilty, condemned, terrified that I was now doomed to hell. And so a lot of times people are believing things that God didn't say as something they think God said. And that's another way Satan counterfeits the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is to, he does that all the time, every day, all day long, is to mix the law and things God didn't say with what God did say and get us all mixed up. Seems like there's two opposite poles on this, uh, just that uh, we see emphasized in the church. Either it's like, you know, you have to, either it's a whole paranoid thing where God is so impossible to please. Right. And you have to fast and you have to read the word and you have to, you have to do this and you got to do this and this, 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 and, and, and being holy, uh, conforming to a whole bunch of rules. Now you don't, you don't see that as much in our day. Mm-hmm. What you see mostly is that the th- there's what we call, you could call it cheap grace, which is not grace at all, where it's just like you can, you can do whatever you want to do, believe pretty much whatever you want to believe. Mm-hmm. God loves you. Everything is going to be cool. Uh, and so just, so people never really get out of their bondage. Right. They, they don't get out through legalism mm-hmm. and they don't go out through licentiousness. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're in this. Well, you know, lurch. those are the like those are the two ditches, the, the, the legalism, ditches, exactly. legalism, and licent- and the and the road is love. God has called us to love and forgive ourselves, each other. But you know, interesting that this counterfeiting that Satan does that gets us so mixed up, gets us so. I can understand why we're mixed up, but the but part part of it is he takes our own language, like words like grace or love, and he he changes the meanings. He counterfeits the word and, and, and uses it. So we think we're hearing truth when we're not. Um, and so he, it's called, I call it demonic wordsmithing. He takes the mm. words and he, he, he crafts them in another way and uses them just like symbols. If you've ever noticed, if you've ever noticed the stars on the flag, it's a five pointed star. If I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but the flag in the United States flag, the stars on the flag, our stars, we think of the star, we think of the flag, we think of the stars, we think of patriotism, we think of good things, we think of America, blah, blah, blah. Those are the same stars that if you tip that symbol the other way is a baphomet. Okay? So what is that? That's a hidden meaning. There's double meaning. Satan has double meanings. You know how it is in contracts. You read it one way, you think this is what it means, and the author writes it a different way. He puts fine print in there, and there's a, du- it's, there's a double meaning to so many things that no wonder we are confused. No wonder we get so messed up. But let's specifically look at some of the counterfeits and lookalikes and substitutes that Satan sets up in our life. Let's start with the word love. How does Satan counterfeit love and what is real love? How can you tell real love from a counterfeit fake love? Well, the word, you know, we hear all these songs, secular songs about love and I love you and blah, blah, blah. A lot of that love is just is, is emotional, emotional uh, Involvement, passion, feeling, love. or it can be passion, uh, lust, uh, just good sensuous, feeling. good feeling. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm love. Yeah. And and so. And then what, when we don't feel that love feeling anymore, then we feel like we've fallen out of love. We don't love anymore. 
And how many people have said, well, I don't love you anymore. That's why I'm leaving this relationship, this marriage. I don't love you. And actually what's happening is they don't understand the true definition of love. Love means really, truly, to suffer, to believe all things, bear all things, hope all things, endure all things. You know how you love your children and how you put up with a lot of stuff because you love them. You're not liking what they do. You don't like what happened to them. You don't like what they did, but you continue to love them. So you have been able to separate out the behavior from the being in your child. And that's the thing we need to do in loving others. Their behavior may be atrocious, uh, even in the world. People, they're, they're violating all kinds of laws that, that of God and stuff like that. But still, they have a human soul, a soul that God made, a soul that is lovable, that needs love, that needs freedom, needs salvation. So really, truly love. If you really love somebody, you're probably going to be suffering right now. I would say that love, in a sense, is unconditional giving of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what the other person is doing, you, for, you, for their mm-hmm. highest good. An unconditional giving of ourselves to someone else for their highest good. Right. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes people are caught in that little confusion, again, getting uh, messed up confusing love with codependency or enabling and all kinds of things. And there is, there is a time that that's the problem. We don't ask what time it is because the word says there's a time to turn the other cheek, go the second mile. And then there's a time to, uh, you know, lay down the law, not even eat with them, shake off the dust and leave. And so both are recommended in the Bible. And the question becomes, well, what time is it? So in our relationships, we keep asking the Holy spirit, well, what time is it? And of course, love never fails. So, if it's truly motivated and strengthened and, and rooted in God, then the love that you have for that person will endure. You'll prevail. You'll travail. You'll go into the throne of grace and mercy for them. You will not give up. Um, and that's what love really says as I'm not giving up on you. It doesn't say, I don't like you anymore. I'm, I don't feel for you. anymore. So we get confused and messed up by believing the wrong definitions of love. Um, and I don't love you anymore. And, and, and I don't like you anymore. But real love says, I, I don't give up on you. I won't give up on you. Even if you shun me, turn me away, divorce me, walk away, rip me off, uh, accuse me, take me to court, take all my stuff, I won't give up on you. And love does not mean just accepting everything. You mean accepting getting... sin, tolerating or uh, yeah, yeah. Lies, untrue. Well, because if you really thing. love someone, if you love your child, you're not going to let them go on and on in the in the error, the delusion, right. the danger that they've chosen. The same with Tula. But sometimes when you're in an adult adult relationship, you can't make choices for another person. You have to trust God, let them go, and let God. You know, like they're God is responsible. God is is in charge of what's going to happen. But He is also motivated by our prayers. So, again, love is a big issue because it's such a needful thing, and it's where people can really get messed up. And you think young people think they found their true love when they haven't found anything but a troublemaker, a a, a terrible path. And so we really need to walk in the spirit and pray over, especially those who are young in the spirit or don't know much, uh, how to discern it yet, because that's where we begin to pray over them and pray that they'll make the right choices, pray that Satan will not be able to set a snare or a trap for them using something so universal and needful as love itself. Another counterfeit that Satan pulls out of his hat is fun and, and, and uh, adrenaline rushes, if you will, for joy. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is joy is from God, one of the gifts of the fruits of the Spirit. Joy is very stabilizing, very undergirding. Right. And, and, and fun of, is very fickle and fleeting. Right. Fickle and fleeting. It's just like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, go to you know, Valley Fair or go to the club or uh, watch uh, this. It's just based have, on have an experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's based on exhilarating feelings, feelings e- experience and something like that. And which joy is basically that sense of, of, of well-being exactly. and delight because of your peace. relationship mm-hmm. with peace that you are uh, in, in right relationship with God. Absolutely. So there's a, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Bible says, and, and, and a Christian can have joy, not based on that, someone said years ago, happiness is based on happenings. Joy is based on Jesus. There you go. So, there you go. That's uh, true. Absolutely. And so uh, sometimes people settle for one 
they settle for the fun, the exhilaration, the adrenaline rush, the, the activity and excitement uh, for joy. And I think that um, as you get older in the Lord, the stabilizing, joy is very stabilizing because it does not depend on what's going on around you. So even in the midst of this very anxious and troubled and tumultuous world, we can walk with joy because joy equals strength. Well, God has given, Paul's told Timothy, God has given us all things richly to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So there's, we can enjoy, you know, the beautiful leaves. We can enjoy uh, time with uh, family. Uh, We can enjoy a, a whole host of things, a sense of fulfillment there. And so that's, that's part of joy, but then the joy really comes it's in, in that relationship with, yeah. with the Lord. Well, we've been Regardless ta- of the circumstances that surround us, we still have joy. Yeah, let's take a commercial break here. And we've been talking about Eve, so I think this is going to be a little fun piece to listen to how she was enticed and set up by the serpent. Oh, hey, we're back before we thought we'd be back. Uh, we have some technical difficulties on the other end, and of course, I don't think Satan wants us to, he to hates, expose him. <laughs> he hates this program. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, going back to the counterfeits, and I think understanding our me- definitions of words and meanings and expectations, expectations is another big one. Um, safety is a big word. Uh, see, Satan knows that we need safety, uh, he knows we're vulnerable. We're weak. We're not, you know, able to really protect ourselves that well. We've got so many vulnerabilities. And so he creates a, a, a false zone of safety around those who, by getting them to believe that if I have money, if I have power position, if I have servants and slaves, if I have lots of land, if I have, um, that will keep me safe. Or if I have uh, lots of endorsements or if I have, you know. If I look good, I have nice, nice clothing and I might, my outward appearance is good. There's, uh, there's safety. safety there. So there's, yeah. Exactly. Or there's there's pretensions. You know, we can pretend yeah. that we're somebody that we're not. Yeah. And we think this is what keeps us safe. Because we're worried about, and not only in safety in natural ways, but in emotional, psychological ways. Safety, looking for people's approval, looking for their, the way we dress. We think we dress certain ways, have certain amounts of very expensive jewelry and uh, and uh, accessories and fancy cars that somehow we were will be considered better than or safe from the criticisms or the uh, the devastations of economic disasters or whatever. And so, again, Satan uses our need for safety to create false safeties, false um, impressions, illusions of what's really safe. And the same goes with successful or success. How does he define success? Well, success, um, you know, in our, in our world, you know, success is a fine. You get your education. You've got a good job. Right. You've got right. money. You've got good looks. You've got power many letters behind your name yes yes yeah, popularity all that kind big of big bank account you are successful people recognize you as awesome yeah you know but uh god's uh, view of success is is faithfulness yeah which means that you are you are faithfulness essentially means that you're trustworthy steward that you are, are you are a consistent steward you keep on obeying God regardless of the circumstances yep. and uh, and it's it's a delight and and faithfulness too is not just holding on to what you got mm-hmm. uh it, it, Matthew 25 talks about that you know the steward that was given all this um, substance to invest some some there were three different ones some of them one guy hid, yeah. hid what he had yeah. been given mm-hmm. but faith but the others that were approved by God uh invested right they, they got had. busy got they got busy occupied. they invested they put it out there so you know the thing is that a lot of the activities that go on in the world investing the you know planting fields uh getting married all everybody's doing it the, the godly people do have to do it do it go through it uh the ungodly people but it's really goes down to your motive and your attitude in doing a lot of these things um and some people are very rich for the kingdom of god they're very uh gracious and giving and accommodating and blessing there. Uh, and then there are people who are very blessed by God who are quite stingy. There are people who are very poor who are, are not necessarily in the kingdom of God who are very generous. And so you have to understand that, that, that all of us must give an account of God to get of our resources and what we've used and how we've used them. So going on to, we've got a lot of imitations, counterfeits. And I think, you know, one of the saddest is that 
so many of the young people, the millennials, et cetera, they don't even see any reason not to just throw their life away. They don't have any reason to live. They uh, really, I mean, they, they exist, they eat, they have fun, they do video games, they stay with their friends, they kind of uh, entertain themselves and fill their time with whatever it is that they are in, in, intrigued with at that moment. But they are truly, um, they have, there's like a ceiling put on, there's like, there's no hope, there's no, there's no reason to press through this um, fake sense of life and get into the real life of God, because they've been told there is no God. They've been told he doesn't exist, that he is irrelevant, that we are going to come into the places of, of immortality ourselves through, as Satan promised Eve, places of singularity or, uh, uh, you know, cloning or uh, transhumanism or whatever they've got going. And so they're looking to have to not make a decision about God because they believe that there are going to be some alternatives up the road. And so there's another counterfeit. There's another way that Satan steals our life by substituting false expectations, illusions, and even takes away. I think a lot of the millennials are very depressed, actually. And, of course, there's a lot of people on drugs, and that really sedates you, and you really don't know what's going on. Well, a lot of it is, too, is that, you know, a lot of people have been raised on the idea that we're just a product of evolution. And an accident. Or just just an accident. So if we're like an accident. And and for those that have had some exposure Mm -hmm. to, to church or God, I meet a lot of young adults in their twenties. Disillusion. That that yeah. are just, they said basically, you know, we've we've tried Jesus, or they've had some church Exposure. Con- church yeah. contact, mm-hmm. which is a very general kind of thing. But they've had it, and they realize that you know it's not there. We're looking somewhere else. You know, that really is a good segue into another place where Satan has spread his counterfeits, and we get so messed up is right there in church. Um, the, where we see Satan working as the, one of the greatest lies he tells is we've, you know, you've touched on the, the lie of mixing law with grace and not understanding why we, you know, why that works and what's going on there. But this is another where he actually counterfeits the presence of God, the power of God. He, he comes as an angel of light. He comes as a false, um, a false witness and a mockery. It's a mockery because Satan himself, Lucifer, one of his names means light bearer. Lucifer was his first name. And he was created by God as the bearer of light, the most, you know, the pinnacle of God's creation, the most beautiful he had. He actually had instruments, the sound of music in his body, uh, timbrels, organs, strings, pipes, whatever. And he had the, the glow of gems, the beautiful colors of the various uh, precious stones. And so he was absolutely brilliant, beautiful, and he was the covering cherub. He was, according to Ezekiel and Isaiah, he was the covering cherub, the one who, who was in charge of the worship of God, the music, the worship service, if you will. And so what he does now, I mean, he didn't lose those qualities and giftings when he came to earth. That's why he has so corrupted the music and in both secular and Christian arenas and also the worship. Um, what's that scripture, Jerry, in Thessalonians where... Um, uh, Oh, well, no, I, I think it's Second Corinthians, isn't it, where he comes as an angel of oh, light? Oh, yeah, it's Second Corinthians uh, eleven thirteen. For such are false apostles, an apostle one that sends forth is one sent forth with a message. False apostles, so they're they're giving the wrong message. Yeah. Deceitful workers, they're tricking, mm-hmm. uh, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So. They're looking, you know, that we have this little toys, the transformers that have been around a long time. They, they <laughs> yeah. go from a monster to a car or a car to a monster or whatever. And no wonder for Satan himself trans him, transforms himself into an angel of light. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, his servants. Yeah, exactly. His, could we say his preachers and not, not less, also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Now, it's not just talking about, you know, false pastors and so forth. But basically, you remember, uh, we did a documentary some years ago. Yeah. And uh, on the streets of uh, uh, Anoka, Minnesota. And uh, we met people that were involved with uh, Satanism and in various forms. And the one guy, in all sincerity and honesty, he described his experience with Satan, and he was still in there. He says, Satan is like your best friend. 
Mm-hmm. He will give you everything you want. He is so sweet. Yep. Another guy that yep. we interviewed said he is so sweet and yeah. so gracious that he comes off as being your, your friend. best friend. Yeah. God's yeah. busy. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yeah, right. God's busy. Well, you know, going back to this angel of light and Satan coming off to impersonate the apostles, the uh, the worship leaders, transferring themselves as the apostles of Christ. The Paul, the apostle, said himself in um, uh, Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight, nine. He says, "For I know this that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock." Um, speaking perverse things and drawing away the disciples after themselves. Watch and remember um, that he's, what he's, he's warning. He says, and I did not cease to warn you night and day um, that these things were going to happen. Jesus himself said, Satan will come as, as a wolf in sheep's clothing. So imitation, fake lies, liars, deception, divination is his favorite game. And his favorite place really to play it is in the midst of the church. Yeah. Because, you know, in the world, you know, people are sk- stumbling and scattered already. But in the church, there is the demonic. I mean, the demon sees that this is the potential to rise up and be a powerhouse against him because the Bible says in Ephesians uh, that now it is time for the church to make known to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. The church is called to rise up and declare to the principalities and powers the manifold powers and wisdom of God. And if the church is stupefied, struck down, mesmerized, you know, uh, bewitched, if you will, uh, by these uh, these demonic counterfeits, then we will truly be messed up. Now, speaking of bewitched, I want to put in a commercial here, two commercials actually. This weekend, um, uh, let's see, October 22nd, at Saturday, uh, it's a Saturday, uh, in Dayton, Minnesota, just north of Rogers, from 10 to 3, we're going to be having a conference called Winning Your Court, Your Case in the Court of Heaven. Um, and that's, we're going to be talking about just exactly how to do that, to pray, to make intercession, to get, to, to get your prayers answered, basically. And then uh, the, the weekend of Halloween, the 29th, we're going to be doing a conference called Bewitched. Uh, whose influence are you under? What reality is influencing you? And that's going to be at the Blessing House in Victoria, Minnesota, uh, the Blessing House. So you can check liferecovery.com to get that information that's those both of those conferences are free. Um, we just welcome you to come and uh, be prepared to, um, you know, join us for an awesome eye-opening time and a blessing, deliverance, and healing. But going back to these, the, the, the other scripture that really kind of alarms me is Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10, where it says, The coming of the lawless one, of course, that would be Satan, the adversary of God, is according to the working of Satan, with all power, I'm quoting, power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So here's an issue. In Second Thessalonians, where we're talking about the, the Antichrist, the coming of the end, and how what that's going to look like, and pre, just previous to a rapture, what, what is going on? And God is saying here, he says, um, in verse 11, he says, uh, going on, for this reason, for what reason? For the reason I just read, that the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. For, for this reason, because people are being hooked into, pulled into, uh, roped into, tricked into believing these lies. Um, and this is among those who perish, that God is then forced to send a quote, and for this reason God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they may also be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So what you're saying is God, seeing is God is actually telling us that he is actually obligated in some ways to allow these people to go into that place of trickery, counterfeits, and deception, to allow them that strong delusion like he talks about in Romans chapter 1 where he gave them over to a depraved mind. So what you're seeing is there is a, a movement uh, the church is part of that. In the earlier part of that very chapter in Thessalonians, he talks about the apostasy, the fall, the great falling away, where the church itself would fall away from what's right and true. And that, of course, is another way we're, con- we're deceived by the counterfeits. And many of us are in that apostate church right now. We, we sense it. We know something's wrong. We, we see things we don't like. Uh, but we think, well, he's a pastor. He's a preacher. He's got a pulpit. He's got a platform. He's got a worship team. He went to Bible school. He should know. And who am I? 
And so therefore you do not question what you're hearing. And yet your spirit is rising up within you and saying, I don't like this. This isn't right. Something's not right here. You feel uneasy, but you now feel convicted or, or uh, what's the word? Maybe um, guilty. If you don't go to church uh, and some of you are, are finding grace to not go to church. And that's probably a good thing, especially if you're in a bad church where they're counterfeiting the, the true works of God, including the power and going back to the counterfeiting, the power and presence of God. So many churches, you, you see, Jesus said, you won't really know what it is sometimes. He says, until you check out the fruit. He says, by their fruits, you shall know them. And fruit, the fruit off of an apple tree doesn't come 20 minutes after you plant the apple tree. Uh, you're hoping that that's an apple tree because you believe what the tag said or you recognize it from before, from past experiences. But you won't see the fruit of that tree right away. And the same with these churches, the same with people's lives, the same with your favorite heroes and leaders and worship and singers and blah, blah, blah. You know, not to say that we have to be perfect, but in their everyday dealings, do they, do, they, do they go for love? Do they go for truth? Do they go for joy, strength, holiness, and God? Or do they kind of operate to manipulate, control, uh, uh, and, and create fear uh, and, and harassment in the lives of their people? So going back to knowing by their fruits, um, Jesus wants us to realize that in the last days, that Satan is going to come and he is going to uh, deceive people with signs and wonders. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, what did he say? Do not be deceived. Yep. And that's, that's the big fact. Many will come says, in my name. Right. Yeah. He said, that's the, the, the characteristic of the days in which we're living. Take heed that no man deceive mm-hmm. you. No man. And Paul, Paul said, even though, he said there are people that pervert the gospel. He said even though we or an angel of heaven would come yeah. and praise any other gospel than the gospel we have brought to you, let him be accursed. And just in case they didn't get that truth, he repeats that. Thing. I said, I tell you before, uh, I, I've told you before, I tell you again, if anybody does not bring the gospel that we have brought to you, mm-hmm. let him, let be, him accursed. be accursed. Right. That is strong, strong language. Well, in Jesus' own words, he says in uh, Matthew twenty four eleven, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. There's another way we lose out the counterfeits, the lawless activities of the enemy brings us into the bondages of fear. So we're afraid to get involved. We're afraid to love. We're afraid to commit. We're afraid to carry one another's burdens. We're, we're afraid that we're going to get ripped off, deceived, cheated, whatever. And so the love of many grows cold. But he says, verse 13, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So Jesus is saying, even though there's many false prophets out there, there's a lot of um, uh, weird stuff being done in my name, lies being pr- promoted, uh, false signs, lying signs, wonders, fire calling, coming from heaven, the, 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 the enemy able to, um, to do that that Jesus said, my gospel will be preached and it's, it's going to prevail. The gates of hell, he says, will not prevail against my church. Yeah, and that's something to rejoice in, uh, that the, the true gospel of Jesus Christ is being declared throughout the world by faithful men and women. And, uh, yeah, the, so, yeah, going back to Thessalonians again, Second Thessalonians, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but the lies, the counterfeits are, could lead us to eternal damnation if we are not aware of it. And you probably see, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably already know the truth for the most part uh, and are enjoying it. But you also see people around you that are not uh, knowing and they're trapped. They don't know how to get out of it. They're deceived. They're mesmerized. They don't see it. And that's the blindness of the stupor, the veil that's come over the people uh, because God has been out. (laughs) Okay. Did you see what just happened there? Satan got us cut off. He does not like us. Evidently, evidently, this is quite close to home for the enemy, and he doesn't like us you know, well, revealing the, his, his secrets, his tricks. Well, here's the deal, too, in that the scripture that we've been kind of camping on here, Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10, uh, a lot of truth uh, these days, for the most part, Isaiah said in his day, truth has fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So That's there's a, there's a rejection of truth. Right. Those that are bringing truth, mm-hmm. and the truth is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His mm-hmm. word is, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, John 17. 
But when the truth comes to us, when the truth comes to a nation, an individual, a family, if if the, there is not an embracing of that truth, yeah. for a lot of times there is a rejection of that truth. We 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 tend to, as human beings, we tend to reject the truth. Yeah. We tend to do we don't recognize well, it when it comes. A lot of times we tend to reject. We're going back it. to and what you pri- said in the beginning. The price of rejecting the truth mm-hmm. to be saved is that Satan will come along and say, "Okay, you don't want the truth. We will we will accept." Power, signs, lying wonders. Mm-hmm. Counterfeit. There comes unrighteous deception among those who perish. There's a perishing mm-hmm. because we perish because we don't love the truth. Mm-hmm. And then Satan come along with his power, signs, lying wonders mm-hmm. and deception. Basically, you either embrace the truth or you embrace the counterfeit. Well, here's the deal. You're going back to what you said in the beginning. Why do people embrace the truth? Because they've been lied to from the beginning and because of their opinions, mindsets, uh, you know, pre- perceptions of what's happened to them. They've, they've formed a mindset and the concept of what is. And, and we don't know what truth is. Yeah. And the only way we know that, that is through the word of God. Yes. And, and so really when Satan comes, he's just coming to wrap up the deal that he's began in the crib. He's now going to take you to the, the you know, your own crucifixion, so to speak. Um, and so that's why if we don't intervene with the holy word of God that comes to bring truth and intervention, there will be no way that we can recognize truth because we've been already born and bred to believe the lie is the truth. I like what you're, the way you're saying that, Marjorie, that there's the needs to become the intervention of truth. And Jesus came into this world mm-hmm. as, as the truth, as the embodiment of the truth. He came to make the intervention with the truth because there was all kinds of uh, myths, myths right. and fables right. going on. There was all kinds of, you know, religion, Jewish religion, right. all kinds of things that options, options everywhere, options everywhere. <laughs> mythology. Jesus comes in, yeah. intervenes yeah. with the truth. And that's what the gospel is. Really? Right. It's the intervention of truth that will bring people into, into freedom, mm-hmm. into peace, uh, into the fulfillment of what, how God, uh, the, the fulfillment of uh, what God has designed for them. Well, and uh, and with the intervention has to come the uh, the love of God, so that we have a heart to desire to receive the truth. It says you, uh, that my people perish for lack of revelation or lack of knowledge, and that's exactly what happens. Is but in the very, 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 very beginning of your conception, even God knew us from the foundation of the world. You get that. God knew about us. He had us in mind from the foundation of the world. He's going to make you, bring you forth for a purpose, divine, holy purpose, and his heart's purpose and desires for you to rule and reign with him, be part of his family, and be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So in the very beginning, Satan uh, couldn't stop that. God made us in his image to know and recognize the truth. And so really, if God wouldn't have made us to know and recognize the truth in, in, in our spirit, then we would have never been able to, to uh, recognize it when we met it, when it met it, when we came face to face with it on earth. So the first original download of, of, of who you are made in the spirit, made by God's spirit bears witness with our spirit to know the truth is actually to counterfeit or counteract counterfeit. And so, but, but then as soon as we're born and we're, we're beginning the, the, uh, the brainwashing, the indoctrination, the God of this world begins to work on our hearts and minds. If you, it, you know, see, if you look at it like this, everything in your life, every crazy little thing begins to fall in place. If you look at even the issues in your life as, okay, what's the lie I'm believing? Who said that to me? Is that from the Holy Spirit? Is that from heaven or is that from hell? As you start to ask the Lord God, the most holy one, the, the creator, the one who brought you forth and appointed you, who who brought you, you into existence, created you, ask him and his Holy Spirit show you what are the lies you're believing. And if you do that, God is faithful. He said, my sheep know my voice. You don't have to be some super spiritual person. Just having a pulpit, a platform, or a degree at a seminary does not make you better at hearing what God has to say because he says, my sheep know my voice. He didn't say my perfect little sheep, my clean little sheep, my sheep that go to church every Sunday. He said, my sheep. And some of his sheep are pretty busted up. But if you ask God right now, just make it part of your daily practice, Lord, remove the blind spots. Lord, show me who I am. Lord, show me what's, what's the lie I'm believing here. And for example, I mean, take any issue that where you don't find 
the peace of God, where you don't find the, the evidence of truth. Evidence of truth is joy, peace, uh, strength, encouragement, faith, love, where you don't see the evidence of truth, which is those fruits of the Spirit. Then you say, okay, I feel, I feel angry. I feel irritated. I feel beat down. I feel oppressed. I feel uh, ripped off. Okay, God, what is the lie I'm believing that causes me to be experiencing this feeling, this thought, this, con- this pattern of demonic you know, destruction against me, of always being left out, neglected, ripped off? What is it, Lord? Show me. And I tell you what, if you begin to talk to God and, and then let him examine you, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to bring freedom to you. It's going to be a really good thing. God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's just waiting to intervene in your life. He is so. And, and by the way, for those of you who think, well, where was God when all this happened to you? The truth is God is everywhere. God was right there. God was suffering with you. God was sad with you. It says he goes with, he was afflicted with us in our afflictions. He is in, he is going through this. What do you think? If your child is suffering, aren't you going through it with them? I mean, seriously, if you're any kind of a parent, halfway is decent, and your child is suffering, there's going to be a part of you that's hurting too. And God is hurting and longing for this to be over so that he can be with us, we can be with him, and it will soon be over. But we're not ready yet because the gospel has to go to all the world and people have to be set free. And so, you know, this is where we, this is where we live right now. This is where we are right now. Some of us, you know, are, you know, who knows, you know, 20 minutes, two days, two weeks, two months from now, we could all be with Jesus or, or you could be with Jesus. And you want to make the rest of your life count. Don't worry about what's already happened. That's between, that's God's business. What needs to happen now is that you begin to walk in the truth and begin to say to yourself, um, who am I listening to? Am I listening to my soul, my experiences, the brainwashing, the indoctrination, the propaganda of hell that's been set up in my soul, mind, will, emotions, feelings, or am I listening to the word of God? And you know what? Read the word of God. A lot of you, you know, feast on little daily devotionals, and some of them are good and some of them are not. Just get straight, go straight to the source, go straight to the word, go to the gospels, go to Jesus, listen to his words, um, learn about him, and then you will know the truth for yourself, not what everybody else is saying to you. So how do we get messed up? It's obvious, counterfeits, the lawless activity of the devil who just deliberately tries and wants to deceive the whole world. This is that in First John chapter 5, it says the whole world is under the sway or persuasion of the evil one. He is, there's a veil. The God of this world has blinded the eyes. There's a veil put upon this world. And if you're going to look to some political situation uh, that, can't, you know, that cannot save us, look higher, look deeper, look into the word of God. And we thank you, Lord. It looks like you've got one more scripture to read. If, uh, Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Yes. And in John 17, mm-hmm. 17, he says, sanctify them by, their, by your truth. Your word is truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Is your desire for the truth, you're going to find it in God's word. You're going to find it in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can know the truth. It's something that you just don't hate. Well, I, I just maybe I'll never know the well, truth. Well, I don't know if you, you can know the truth. Actually, you, you will do know, know the, the truth. You do know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Yeah. You know it. It's in your heart. It's in your you're spirit. one of his yep. sheep. You know his voice. Mm-hmm. Come to the truth. Walk Come to it. Jesus. Walk in it. And the, let the lies break off and let the truth fill your heart, your mind, yeah. your spirit. Well, one more little piece just to let you know, liferecovery.com and True Light. At truelightchurchmn.org and this uh, this uh, discussion today comes out of a uh, uh, actually comes out of a work uh, manual we call um, Who is the Devil? We've also got a DVD by that same name. Jerry, you made some allusions to, the, uh, uh, to that when we were back in um, talking about the people we interviewed in Anoka. And so check out this, the webs, the sources liferecovery.com very helpful. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, time today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the truth, Lord. In the midst of uh, uh, the lies, deceptions, counterfeits that are all around us, in us, around us, that we've dealt with, Lord, since before we were born, many of us. Uh, Lord, help us Jesus, these days to seek you, Hallelujah. to know the truth, and live in the freedom that Amen. your truth gives us. 
We ask this, Father, in the precious name of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Blessings to all of you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.